HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the Feed Feed podcast, I am speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community to hear their stories, culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Camilla Alves McConaughey. Camilla is a dedicated mother, healthy eating advocate entrepreneur and founder of Women of Today, a lifestyle site and community powered by women around the globe. She lives in Texas with her husband, Matthew McConaughey, and their three children. Camilla is also now a published author. Her first book, a children's book titled Try Just One Bite, is all about a whimsical role reversal in which picky eater parents are confronted by their three kids with hilarious results. These three kids are determined to get their parents to put down the ice cream, cake, and chicken fried steak to try just one bite of healthy whole foods. But it's harder than it looks when these over-the-top, gagging, picky parents refuse to give things like broccoli and kale a chance. So I'm so excited to talk to Camilla about all these things and get her amazing motherhood and cooking tips. So thank you so much for being here, Camilla. Thank you so much for having me. What a nice intro that was. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of you have a lot of accolades, so it's it's easy to do. Well, but you made you made the book sound so like you, you kind of gave a really great picture of the book because it, it's a fun one where the kids have all the power, you know, like chasing the parents down. So you, that was awesome. Yes, I'm so glad. So tell me about this. Like, how did you come up with this idea? It's very it's not a normal children's book style, I would imagine. So how did you, what was the inspiration behind this? Yes, you know, look, I've learned so much in my journey um, so far in terms of how, you know, important it is to learn about the relationship with food in our bodies, right? And how it affects everything, right? And, um, you know, I've done different businesses with, you know, I was part of Yummy Spoonfuls, which was... um a uh, uh, frozen uh, baby and kids food. 
And in that journey, I'm like, you know, the challenge with, you know, when you're doing a business and things like that, which is extremely important, but if the consumer is not educated or having the conversation at home, it doesn't matter how many people are trying to do better products, but better things on the shelf. If, you know, the conversations are not happening at home, then they're not going to come to the store and get it. Right. Right. So I started more in the mission of how can I really have this conversation, create this conversation in families, how family households in a fun way. And I'm a big believer that if you start having the conversation in a fun way where you can empower the kids in the situation that you are going to most likely be setting your kids up for a lifelong of good habits mm-hmm. versus them struggling with it later on. Um, I know that I struggle with certain things and there's things that we've never talked about it growing up. It was never in my radar, right? And it never in my understanding of being not good for me. So I didn't want to be preachy. I did not want to tell parents what to do or how to do it. I just really wanted to, you know, have kick up that conversation in the household. And Adam came in, you know, with, with me to kind of bring this idea and this passion to life. And I mean, he just was really able to put into words in a beautiful way. And then Michael Bolt came in and brought the illustrations to where it really made it all, you know, come to life. That's amazing. So how how old are your three kids? Like, what's the age range between them? So we have a 9, 12, and 13. Oh, wow. So you've got your hands full. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you got three dogs and three cats and tortoises, oh. all kinds of stuff going on. Oh, my gosh. So how has it been? I mean, were you – I mean, you mentioned kind of wanting to bring this conversation into the household, and it seems like you – in your book, you portray – kind of this picky eater mentality. Has it been easy for you with your three kids or are some of them kind of tough? Oh no, like all, you know, look, I have three kids, so they all go through different stages and sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's really hard, you know? And we were actually just having this conversation the other day on the dinner table because, you know, my, 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 um, my daughter right now is going through a picky stage and Mm -hmm. she was like, you know, well, I've always been like that. And we're like, no. And my oldest jumped in and went, no, not really, Vida. And, you know, I used to be picky. Now I'm not, you know, like, so hopefully you come out of the stage soon, you know, kind of thing. But they just goes right when I think like, okay, I have it down. Uh, everybody's in the same page. One of them just turns the corner and gets picky about, you know, something else or some other thing related to food. But, you know, look, I went through stages where my little one will only eat beans. That's all he would want to eat. I mean, to the point where I was like calling the doctor going, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like this kid is not getting the nutrition he needs. Like, am I going to have a problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I did the approach with him of, hey, you know, because coming from Brazil, our, our, you know, our, our plate is really colorful. Right. And, um, you know, I was like, you know what, 
let's do colors, you know, like, and I will put different colors in the plate and I'll be like, you have to try at least three colors, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to try at least just one bite of, you know, of three colors that, and it kind of slowly, I mean, it was a battle that this kid would sit there and not eat. And I were just like, and he just keep doing it, keep doing it long enough. I remember like it was yesterday when we were all sitting at a table and he grabbed the red bell pepper and he took a bite and I looked at Matthew and I was like, don't say anything. And like <laughs> under my breath, like, you know, not a word. Don't look, do not look. You know, we're looking at the color of our eyes and he ate the whole bell pepper and then he reached for more. And then he was like, oh, I, I'm okay with this. This is not my favorite, but I'm okay with it. And then he kept eating and then we tried different colors and then, you know, and then that kind of spin off to him eating you know, all the vegetables that he eats today, but it's, it's definitely has been a struggle in different ways for different, for, for uh, the different kids that we have in the household for sure. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I'm one of three. I'm the oldest of three girls. And I, you know, my mom said the same thing, you know, I'm sure you've been, you've been there like making a different meal for each kid. (laughs) I actually, listen, I actually never did that. You didn't do it. Oh, wow. Good for you. I didn't do it. I've never done it. I, I would do this though. Like, let's say, you know, if I know that one doesn't like the sauce with it, maybe I'll leave the sauce separate, right? Or, you know, maybe I would leave certain things separate, but I will not cook like a whole meal. Or like, you know, one likes the broccoli more well done, you know, than right. the other one likes the almost raw. So, you know, okay, I, that's fair enough. I'll take the broccoli out, you know, for some earlier and leave the other one to cook longer. You know, that's fine. But not a whole different meal. Um, okay, good. I've never <laughs> I'm did not that. Do that either. No, I've never did that. And you know, and some nights were easier than others. Um, but they just learned that they didn't have. That was it. You know. Yeah, good. I feel like you know I was very very picky growing up for a long time, and probably because my mom did that. You know, she's making salmon for the rest of the family, and I'm like, I hate salmon. You know, and then she makes me spaghetti. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've thought about it. I'm like, I don't think I could do that. That's, it's a very thankless job, you know, motherhood, but that's a whole other (laughs) other story. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I know you mentioned, you know, being from Brazil. So I kind of want to hear about your, your early relationship with food. And you talked about colorful plates and, you know, I know Brazilian food is absolutely amazing, but what was kind of your upbringing like as it came with food, you know, what did you grow up eating? When did you start developing a love for cooking? Kind of what was the backstory there? Yeah, so growing up, I I did not learn how to cook growing up. My mom is an amazing, amazing cook. Like she's 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 so good. Like she could be a professional chef, seriously. Yes. Like, but like, but every time I'll come in the kitchen to try to learn, she didn't have the personality of like, let me let you do it she would just like she would come over like and as I was starting to do it she would just kind of take over and do it herself you see what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. so I was always like it so I was like well I, then I want to you know it wasn't fun for me so I didn't really I didn't really push it to learn and she loved doing it and you know growing up in Brazil we had somebody that worked you know it's part of the culture for middle class you have somebody that you know it's working on your household and help cook and clean and stuff like that. So we had somebody, my mom did the cooking, you know, uh, the lady that worked with us forever basically helped raise us that, you know, she, she'll cook and it just wasn't fun for me in my household to get in the kitchen. So I never really, 
learn that much. I would watch it a lot, but I never really learned. Like I'm, I'm a hands-on kind of person for me to like, like really learn how to do something. I kind of have to do it myself. And then it's branded. I'm like, okay, I know now, like it would never, I'll never forget. Right. Right. Um, but I would watch it a lot. Um, I didn't really get into cook cooking until I moved to New York city when I was 19 years old mm-hmm. and I was all of a sudden on my own. Right. Cause even when I moved yeah. to Los Angeles, my aunt was here, my mom was here. So it was like, you know, we were living in a household together, but when I moved to New York, I'm like, okay, like I'm on my own and I can only afford to eat out so many times. Right. Um, you know, winter's freezing cold, wants to be out and about every night, trying to, you know, find food or whatever, delivery. And I was like, you know, I need to learn to cook. So I've learned, I remember like, you know, I remember vivid. Um, I remember vivid doing my first fish ever. And it was, I learned to do it on the Rachel Ray show. Yes. I, I watched the recipe and I was like, I can do that. I was like, I, I can do that. And I did it. And I ate salmon, which is so weird because after I had kids, I cannot touch salmon like ever again. Um, something changed after I had kids with salmon. But, uh, but I, I did that recipe and I remember being so proud of myself. And it was just for me. And it was like the fish with sauteed spinach. And I put it, you know, tomatoes and olives and corn, all the stuff I liked in the spinach. And I was like... I love this and it's so easy. And that kind of started the journey of just doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then when I had, when I started dating Matthew, I was like, well, I want to cook him a meal. Yeah. And I was like, what do I cook? And I remember learning this Brazilian uh, dish and I made it for him. And I was like, okay, you know, because he's a really, he's a really good cook. And I'm like, because he was cooking for me. I was like, well, I want to do it too. So I was like, you know, did it. And then that was it. And that's all I had. And I'm like, well, I can't continue. And I, I mean, I can't. It was a very rich dish. I'm like, I can't do that again. So I slowly started learning, like, just the basics. And then when I came, you know, when I was pregnant, I was like, that's it. Like, I really, truly have to learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've become very, uh, this notion of the responsibility of feeding myself and the kids right just kind of really became strong. So um, my relationship with cooking and food started to develop more during that time. Yeah. So I know you kind of mentioned cooking a Brazilian dish for Matthew. Were there certain Brazilian dishes that are, are favorites of yours or that you've brought into your household that your kids love? I'm just trying to make myself hungry talking about Brazilian food, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Look, we have so many dishes, but I must say that, um, you know, my, I always, always like as much as I can, I shouldn't say always because that's not true, but as much as I can, I like to have a pot of beans in the stove mm. or I have beans in the refrigerator or I have beans in the freezer, like right, cooked, ready to go. Uh, and in Brazil, you know, you grow up eating your ice beans and something else with the plates, right? With the food, right? With the meals. So beans is one. My kids love, love uh, the Brazilian style stroganoffi, like chicken stroganoffi. Ooh. So like even for Christmas, so we celebrate Christmas Brazilian style on the night of the 24th. And then we do American style in the morning yeah. of the 25th. 
And um, and my kids for for the Brazilian style Christmas, they all they want it. It's the chicken stroganoff. It's not a traditional Christmas dish in Brazil, but that's what they want. So in our <laughs> household, that's what we make. Um, what is that like? I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, you know, look, we have the recipe on the Women of Today website. Ooh, I'm gonna check I made it, out. it. Yeah, I made it like the um a little bit. I shouldn't say American version, but the easier version. Mm-hmm. of how to make it um so it's there it's it's chicken it's um it's got this cream but the cream that we use is not as bad for you as if you use the heavy cream okay um it's got corn olives you eat with rice and this stick potatoes on top it's really good it's Ooh, really that good. sounds so good okay I'm gonna make that thank you for letting me know because <laughs> that sounds really good obviously I'm hungry right now but <laughs> that's the point right <laughs> So that sounds awesome. So how old were you when you came over to the U.S. from Brazil? I guess, what was this? I was 15. You were 15. Okay. So then when you started, you didn't really start cooking a lot for yourself, but what was sort of the evolution there, I guess, in those teenage years of coming from, I guess, Brazilian food, which on the whole is kind of more you know, America gets a bad rep for the type of food that we consume. So I assume that was a bit of a shock for you to kind of go from the type of food that you were used to in Brazil to um, kind of the change over in the U.S. What was kind of that evolution like in your, I guess, culinary journey, so to say? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the biggest shock I had in terms of the change of food was that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Brazilian food, you know, the plate, it's colorful, right? Like yeah. you do a lot of legumes and vegetables and, you know, I mean, just the rice and beans, there we go. You already have two colors there. And then you have the legumes and vegetables. It's always part of the meal, right? And and it's different ones, like that we, we use so many varieties. And when I first got to America, the color of the plate really it's, it, I think it was one of the biggest shocks I had because it was a lot of brown. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of brown and then a lot of broccoli and carrot. And that was it. Yeah. When I first got here, I mean, you know, not to be say that it has evolved a lot and it's very different now than yeah. what, you know, I've, you know, I moved when I was 15 years old, a long time ago. So um, that was like the biggest shock for me. And, and it was a lot of, also, like, you know, in Brazil, if you, you know, you, you take your time with the cooking majority, like the culture, right? I'm not saying that's how everybody in Brazil cooks, but the culture, especially where I come from, because a lot of it, it's farm, you know, coming from family of farmers. Yeah. So, you know, the understanding of how to prep things, where it comes from and all of that is very strong. So, like, you took your time, convenience, let's put it this way, convenience was not the priority for where I come from Mm -hmm. and coming to America convenience was like the the main thing well I gotta cook fast I gotta eat fast I gotta go right like I I, it was just very go 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 and not necessarily let me prepare this let me cook this let me soak it overnight let me you know um let me cook it and sit it and sit and and have a uh, a family meal proper time on the daily basis. So that was a big shock as well. When I, you know, for those years, I kind of, the early years, I kind of went all in on the, I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, really immerse myself on 
this and I kind of, I forgot a little bit about my roots mm-hmm. and our relationship with food. I've kind of, you know, signed up to the convenience for a while. Yeah. And all I can say is that honestly, it didn't pay off for me on the long term, health wise, um, how I was feeling uh, or anything later on. So I've I went back into into my roots and it's still a work in progress. I'm not saying convenience is bad, but it is a way of balance it off to have to be able to have both things. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you kind of described it kind of perfectly about how people and what people in America are used to and, you know, have been pretty much my whole life, you know, the notion of fast food or, you know, one pan dinners, you know, 30 minute meals, you know, we, you talked about Rachel Ray earlier, like that was the, that was the whole vibe, make something as quick and easy as you can, or pick it up from a fast food place. So it's interesting to hear how that was so different from what you were used to in Brazil. And now I feel it, you know, especially with the way that your your blog and everything. And, you know, that's kind of the new thing is to be, okay, let's get back to the real food. Let's get back to, you know, nature and plant-based food and stuff like that. So why, I guess, after this time that you've been in the U.S., why was it kind of important for you to kind of get back to those roots and talk about kind of real, fresh, colorful varieties of food at this point? Yeah, look, it was really how I felt. You know, I started having health problems. And I was really? like, hold on a second. I need to switch some things here that I'm doing. It was really eye-opening for me. Wow. And look, you know, the thing that we do, you were talking about the website Women of Today. And the reality is, like, if you go on the website now and you look at recipes, it is so many easy recipes that you can make it quick. We have so many one-pot recipes, you know, slow cooker recipes. You can still have the convenience. You can still do it quick and still be wholesome. Right. And I think that, but but you do have to lose the over-processed foods. And that, I think, is the challenge is that, you know, it's almost like the culture got, got brainwashed to, hey, when you go to the store, you got to buy the thing that's been over-processed because it's going to give you more time. Yeah. But the reality is that it's only giving you a really short, quick fix that it's going to give you not that much of extra time, okay? I'm not talking about like, look, I get it. Some days I do it. Some days it's like, I really don't have time today. I'm, you know, I'm popping this up and that's it. We're just, you know, I I get it. I'm not saying we need to be perfect on it, but I'm saying the majority of the time, the time that you're really buying it, it's not, if you do it right, if you learn how to do it right, it's not, it's not that big. And the problem is that you are actually on the long term, on the long term of your life, you are actually losing time in the future. Because if you don't do the things right now and you're just trying to do a quick fix, you're not going to get wholesome stuff, which means you're not going to get enough of what you need for your body to properly function, which means that you're going to end up with situations later on that you're going to have to spend more time trying to fix it. Right. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? It's an interesting way of looking at it. And I feel like not that many people think that way. And it's, you know, I feel like, you know, things have definitely shifted in the last five to 10 years where people have really been like, okay, what were we doing eating all this processed stuff? Like, this was ridiculous. Like, what were we thinking? <laughs> so it's, I mean, I grew up in the 90s where, you know, there was like purple and green ketchup and like, 
you know, every chip flavor. Really? Yes. Purple the- and green ketchup. That's new to me. Oh yeah. That was a whole thing. Yeah. I don't know what year it was that you moved here, but in the probably late nineties, early two thousands, they had different colors of ketchups <laughs> and wow. we were all so excited. We were like, Oh my God, green ketchup. Like that's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> all caught in like the sugary cereals and all that stuff was really, really popular when I was a kid. So now looking back, I'm like, what were we doing? So I totally am there with you with everything that you're talking about. And the, and the reality is that if you think about it, it's actually overcomplicating how we make food. Oh, 100%. And our relationship with food, like it's really overcomplicating the whole thing. Your relationship with food shouldn't be that hard. You know what I mean? And it, and it's yeah. okay. And again, like, you know, it, and in this book, it's so important that I bring this up because, you know, I'm not telling parents do this, this way, follow this, do that. I'm just saying, hey, have the conversation and you can still have your ice cream. You can still have your donut hose. It's okay. But do we have to do it every day? Do we have to have it every day? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. So who, I guess, inspires you in the culinary, you know, cooking space? Like, is there kind of a, some people you look up to in the way that you feed your kids or the way that you kind of put together recipes for your website or yeah, who's kind of your inspiration in this sense? Look, for me personally, my mom has inspired me and really I get inspired by anybody that I see that is doing better for you. I don't like to say healthy, just better for you. And I'm constantly learning. But my core inspiration, it's really my kids. Oh. Because I want them to do better than I did. I don't want them to go through the same struggles that I had to go through. And I know that if I at least try to give them a good foundation with that relationship. Hopefully later in life, they will have a better foundation to continue doing better for themselves, you know? And like I say, we still have our treats. We still do our things, but if I can just teach them the balance and, and, and they understanding that, Hey, you know what? I can have a healthy relationship with what's good for me and with what's bad for me. And that way they don't struggle when they are older because the struggle with food, it's a really hard thing. Whether yeah. you struggle with eating little, eating too much, eating this or eating that, or you can't go without this or you can't go. It's a hard relationship to have. Yeah. So my kids really, really like in the core, in my gut, it's really my kids who, 
you know, inspire me to go, well, you know, they like this or we're doing this. How can we do better? How can we always try to reach for a better way of doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's adorable. (laughs) I love that answer. Have any of them kind of been, you know, intrigued enough by the, I know you said Matthew's a good cook. And I think I remember seeing him on like diners, drive-ins and dives and stuff. So it seems like you guys are a very foodie family. Have the kids kind of taken up an interest in it and tried to start cooking or anything yet? Or are they kind of like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. (laughs) Yeah. You know, look, we're not a foodie family. I always appreciate people that are very foodies where they know, you know, all this very fancy ingredients and where they come, you know, like the whole backstory and, you know, and get, oh, I'm going to get the truffles from this place and I'm going to get the meat from the, you know what I mean? Like very particular I'm a mom of three. I work all the time. You know, <laughs> like I said, we have a full household. Matthew works. Like I'm like, you know, and sometimes I do need to get help with the food and stuff in, in the house. But like, I, I, you know, I'm in the stage, I'm not in the foodie stage that advanced. I'm in the stage of how can we just do the everyday better? Yeah. Right? So we, but we love food. Like the meal time is the, it's core part of our family where we sit down and we eat together at dinner time. Uh, so the kids, like I've got, I got them involved in the kitchen very, very early on. Oh, good. And for all the parents listening to this, maybe this inspire you guys too, in the terms of, you know, parents, or again, if you have, you said you don't have kids, but you might have a child in your life that you want to inspire of doing right. better. And, you know, like with my kids, you know, when they were first starting to cook, instead of starting baking, which is a lot of fun. And again, I think that's a a trend thing in in the culture, too, of the baking being the first thing that you do together. But I was like, well, if I if that's the first my child's first memory in the kitchen, then they're always going to long for that in their heart. Right. So I started with like, let's make a meal being your first so I did breakfast because you know the egg like you know we made fun like okay you got the egg let's look inside let's make sure there's not a chicken there right <laughs> with the flashlight then you know they break the egg you know wow you know like just that whole process of like scramble eggs it's the easy you know so easy to make they can make it from beginning to end I had one of those little electric pans so they couldn't really burn it themselves unless if they really tried to right yeah <laughs> um and they felt like, you know, like the independence of, okay, and then I'm going to put some avocados or some fruit in the plate and I'm going to make a toast, whatever it is that they wanted, right? But like it, at this point, it wasn't necessarily about, hey, you can't have this, can't have that. It was just about the experience of let's make a meal together, independently from what that meal was, right? But it was a meal instead of a treat, right? And all three kids now are very intrigued. The little one, he's still, he's, he would do it. He cooks breakfast and he can make his eggs and all of that. But the main meal, sometimes he fights of learning how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my two oldest, they can be self-sufficient in the kitchen. You know, are they top chefs? No, but they can, <laughs> you know, if if I'm like, hey, go fix lunch, they can fix lunch, you know. Uh, and is, this, is it wrong to do baking with your kids? Absolutely not. My daughter is a baking queen. Yeah. Right. But that's just not like the foundation of this is all we do in the kitchen. Right. Very interesting. I've never really thought about it this way, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you think about kind of those hallmark moments of 
kids in the kitchen with their families and they're baking cookies and stuff. And I have such a sweet tooth and I'm trying to, I'm thinking back now, I'm like, did, did my family bake with me too much? Is that how this happened? Well, but- I, I, I'll <laughs> tell you, I, I struggle with sugar. That's my battle. Oh, right? me too. I'm obsessed. And growing up, again, we I'm from a family of farmers. My farm, my dad is a farmer until today. We got a farm together in Brazil. It's like, there were, we know how food works and where it comes from, seed to table, right? Yeah. But we never talked about sugar. I, right. I My brother is type 1 diabetes. And mm. we knew he couldn't have it, you know, certain amounts and all of that. But, like, I had unlimited amount of sugar. <laughs> like, it was just never a thing. Camilla, you know, don't have this. We had sodas and all of that. Now, we never had that conversation. My biggest struggle now is with sugar. And I see my husband, which his parents had the conversation with them. And, you know, and it was, they were more strict about sugar and talked about, you know, the benefits and the negatives about. And now as an adult, he, he can have just a little bit of dessert and be like, I'm good. I'm satisfied. Oh, must be nice. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm always like, how do you do that? Oh my God. I can't stop with like, I'm obsessed with even like candy. I'm obs- I have so much candy in my pantry. because. Okay. We job. have, you have to make a deal with me. Okay. You have to make a deal with me and everybody yes. listening will be the, the, the witness of this. <laughs> Can we make a deal that I'm not telling you you should not, you, you not have sweets. Okay. So let's start by there. Okay. But can, can we drop the candy? So like, so if you're going to have sweet, just again, my biggest thing is this, okay? Start doing better for you changes on your daily routines that you can actually maintain. And over a long period of time, over, you know, over the long run, when you start seeing things changing, you're feeling better, getting better, whatever it is, you're going to be like, oh, why am I feeling better or doing this? It's because you made those changes that you can sustain. So, like, right. instead of doing candy, maybe, like, and I did this with my kids, okay? And I've seen work. work. I'm not saying don't ever have candy. I'm not going to tell you that. But maybe pick, like, three weeks or four weeks that you go, you know what? I'm not going to have candy. I'm going to have real dessert. Like, go to a bakery and buy yourself a real dessert. Yeah, I mean. And give yourself, or make it. Make it at home, whatever it is. Go to the supermarket. Get yourself a real dessert. And have real dessert instead of candy. Okay. And then see how you feel. See if you see a difference. And then after that, I'm going to challenge you. Mm -hmm. Oh, first, 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 do we have a deal on that? Yes, we have a deal. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm happy about it. I did happen to, I just saw a recipe on Instagram come up that I did want to try for like nice cream. Have you heard of that? Where basically you kind of use, you use bananas. It's so good. I've been doing that. I've been doing that with my kids, with my family for so long. The first time I ever made it, I gave it to Matthew and I didn't say what it was. And I served it just like ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Like I grabbed the ice cream scooper and all. And he had a couple, but he had three bites and he's like, he gave it back to me. And I was like, oh, you didn't like it? And he goes, no, I love it. But it's like, it's got a lot of cream in it. So like he was getting ready for a roll and he's like, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get ready for the roll. I can't like you know, have all this sugar and cream. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's nothing, babe. It's bananas. And he's like, what? And I was like, it's bananas. So ever since 
we do it so much. We have always have frozen bananas in the freezer. And the kids have fun creating their own recipes. And now they put fruit, different fruits with it. They put peanut butters. They put coconut. They put all kinds of stuff with it. And they have fun making that. Like, I have a great recipe on Women of Today, too, of this, like, chocolate. I don't know if you like peanut butter, but you can use oh, yeah. whatever kind of, you know, butter, almond butter, whatever you like. But it's just, like, this fudge. Super easy to make. Ooh. Delicious. You can make it. You can cut it up and have it like, you know, easy to, to grab. Um, so it, again, you, sh- you should try. And then if you do this for three to four weeks, then maybe I'm going to give you a next challenge if you're up mm-hmm. for it and you don't have to agree to this on air right now, <laughs> but you can think about it to yourself is that okay. after you do that, then maybe try to do the desserts less amount of days. I can do that. And see how you feel. And it's all about, again, see how you feel. Because I, the one thing I can tell you for sure, if you're a big candy eater, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to catch up with you. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you that not because I'm a doctor, not because I'm a nutritionist, because by experience, because that used to beat me. <sighs> you're right. You're right. I used to eat Swedish fish, Rolos, <laughs> chocolate so daily daily like literally it was like you know i lived in new york city modeling it was like oh i'm young i you know i'm not worried about this stuff and i'll get up like like you know every time i get up of a subway you know you have the newsstands right yes swedish fish rollers keep going and then you know two more stops or whatever i ran out of it let me get another one (laughs) swedish fish rollers and it's like it was like a routine you know for me it's like and i'm telling you it will eventually catch up with you. So I'm challenging you right now to change that mm-hmm. habit. I'm not telling you you can have it. But I'm telling you, you can do better for yourself. And then you can have your candy every now and then and be just fine. All right. You're right. I needed this. I needed this. To <laughs> I've been eyeing. It's Friday night. I like to treat myself on Friday nights. I like to go over there and eat some of the candies. <laughs> hey, but Friday night, it's okay. If I give yourself a Friday night, if you want, if you okay, need, if you need it, if you need it, if no, you need it. I do the same thing though, where I kind of eat a little bit every day where you kind of bag. I literally have a bag of Swedish fish and, you know, I have those candies that I go to every day, just a little bit. I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit of dessert, but you're right. I think even if I just transition into the more like the nice creams and the actually made, you know, desserts with real chocolate and stuff, that would be an improvement. So I appreciate your encouragement. I needed that. I feel like one of your children just throw me into the mix <laughs> and well, <laughs> I did it with my kids because we used to do Friday free for all. Yeah. Right? So it's like Friday, like, you know, stay up late, watch movies together, whatever you want, whatever you want to eat, pizza night, you know, like what, what treat do you want? And, and they will always ask for candy and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll drive with them to the gas station and go in there, get whatever candy you want, whatever you want. And They'll do that, right? Of course, with limitations. They wouldn't want, you know, they each one pick, you know, one or two, whatever. And we came home yeah, and watched movies, had candy. And, uh, but slowly, and I let them enjoy that, that stage. But slowly I started going, hey, you know, it's a bakery just five minutes down. Why don't, you know, let's go there. And like, you love cakes. You love this. Let's pick that. So we slowly transitioning to like real desserts. And then slowly we started making them at home. So, you know, again, it doesn't have to be, I don't know. Some people are very like cold cut, you know? Yeah. Hey, I'm done. I'm done. 
I'm not that person. So I have to slowly, and what I've seen from me and from my family is that the slow transitions and making it tangible, it's for us, it's what has worked the best. Okay. I appreciate that. I can do it. I'm, you have my word. I'm going to try. I'm going to make the nice cream and the different things on your website and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Cause I, and I you do. know what I'm going to, maybe you need to get an update, maybe on the Instagram, like, you oh, can, yeah. I don't well, know maybe. on stories or something. You, we can, we can keep up with the update. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be hearing from me. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting. It was such a pleasure to hear about your story and your journey and how you've been, you know, giving your children such amazing inspiration for their culinary journeys. And it's just been a pleasure and a thrill to chat with you, Camilla. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having it. And the book it's you know, you, everybody can order the book right now and Amazon, Barnes and Booth, Target, any your local bookstore is a great book to not only your kids, but if you don't have kids for a child in your life or a organization that you're passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's cousins, nieces, nephews. I, I mean, it sounds, it sounds very cute and fun and I'm excited to read it myself even because I basically am one of your kids at this point. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.